All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Live from the Layline. I'm your host, Cameron Porter. As always, I'm with my boy, Avery Newitt. Avery, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And today is very exciting, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a little treat for you. So put on your bib because it's treat time. Okay, we've yes. got a reigning champion, Zane, <laughs> du- Dr. Zane Newitt. Get it right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The doctor himself is back to run a clinic on us. I'm not, I'm not pretentious. I don't care about titles. <laughs> hey, you didn't work that oh, hard to be called Mr. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. We're so glad to invite you back on, man. This is exciting. Yeah, I really love the show. I remain very proud of what you guys are doing. It's hard work. Oh, you're thank subject you. to being shadow banned, censored, ridiculed, yeah. and you're competing in the free market of ideas, trying to keep a free market of ideas. So exactly. it's it's very important. Mm-hmm. So re- really proud of you guys and honored to contribute, participate wherever you need me. Oh, Thanks, well, we're honored. We're honored. This is yeah. exciting. Um, so just tying into our last meeting, I think uh, you definitely wanted to maybe just close the door on some more, of course, Patriot talk and then... Uh, go from there sure well so um for those who didn't see the last uh, the last episode i was on where i was a, a guest avery kind of threw a zinger at me and i was a little bit kind of waffled which is not like me you know, <laughs> principled and have a very consistent worldview that's like part of the mission in life is making your beliefs kind of line up yeah. um but really avery kind of challenged me you know Avery, not to speak for Avery, he can pile on. It's pretty much his position is that we're at the point of no return. It's time to take up arms, all of the founding fathers, um, and fight to get some semblance of our republic restored. Yes. And I took a little bit of a softer approach and kind of waffled around for like nine minutes on the, on the last <laughs> podcast. Really just trying to hold it, you know, at that point, kind of speaking to some of the things we all agree on is like, you know, we would probably lose in an open revolution because they have more toys and hidden technology and Star Wars level stuff. So in some ways, they're trying to be provocateurs and goad us into that. Right. However, Avery takes that principle stance that says, hey, the founding fathers were greatly outmatched by King George III and that liberty and freedom prevailed you know yeah. only 10 percent or less of the colonials were even um actively in favor of they may have been in favor in principle but very few it's more that 10 percent were willing to act wow. so so i really appreciate what what you know avery stance on that so i think where i've settled just to kind of tie the loop on this is i do think we're beyond the point of no return and i think the method for getting there, if there's one that's left for us, is this concept of a national divorce, as it's being called. Um, meaning, uh, so there's two important terms to really consider when we're talking about this. One is de facto, and one is de jure. De facto, um, if somebody is the de facto king, it means they were powerful enough to invade, and the common person is so bullied that they say, yep. He's the de facto king. So it's what is commonly known. It's interesting. The Latin word facto is in there, but it's not. It's a fact. Just that it's commonly received. De jure is of the law. So that person that invaded. Gosh, I'll use Wales as the biggest example of this. My ancestral homelands. Edward Longshanks stood his son who never spoke a lick of English or Welsh. They're Germans <laughs> on the <laughs> stood him in Carnarvon in Wales in the northern capital of Wales in the 1300s and pronounced his son the Prince of Wales. Now, no Welshman accepted Edward III as the Prince of Wales, just like they didn't they do not accept Prince now King Charles when he was the Prince of Wales. So that he was the de facto Prince of Wales, but the de jure Prince of Wales would be Llewellyn the last was the last legitimate king in the 1280s up in Northern Wales. So it's the same concept. So the reason I'm mentioning that is we have a de facto government installed in about 1871 is a very corrupt corporation created by powerful money interests, the Rothschilds, the Vatican, um, some nefarious forces in, um, 
um, from a, an Ashkenazi kind of Jewish banking standpoint, you know, yeah. Israel wasn't around in the 1870s, but so you've got these power brokers that created this thing via treaty um, called the United States Corporation. That's what is de facto in place. And that is the evil, we call it the deep state or goes by many names today that we all that are liberty minded loathe. But the de jure law of the land is still the constitution of the United States. Right. We are still a constitutional republic. So I believe this national divorce, the Civil War taught us that it's unconstitutional for, um, I can't believe I called it the Civil War, the war amongst the states. And <laughs> about it. Oh, you guys, we have all these we have all these little rabbit trails. That's the great part of the show. But yes, anyhow, I love it. The war amongst the states taught us that it's unconstitutional for a single state to unilaterally leave the union, but states can leave the same way they went in. And that is there's debate about this, but if you have three fourths of the nation's state legislatures agree to an amenable departure, a state can leave the union. So where I think there's no chance in Hades of taking on the federal government on this subject, the media, big tech, multinational corporations, or however you want to label the they, that puppeteers well above those forces. But we have so much power still at the state legislature that we that and we get so federal government focused. You know, if our state congressmen and congresswomen would have done their job. We wouldn't have all this election um, corruption nonsense. They didn't have to ratify. They didn't yeah. have to allow the pretext of a health crisis to suspend their constitutions and allow right. changes in the electoral process. So where do I where do I think there's still hope? I think we do just like the colonials did, aka the founding fathers, start to have these hearings and forums as they did in a very slow way before just opening fire in the streets. I think that's the style of revolution that I don't think will work and I don't I don't favor. I favor before we take up arms, let's have these hearings at the local level and beg and compel our state representatives to get us the hell out of, you know, to separate lawfully, let's break up legally from the uh, socialist regimes that are places like California and New York. Yeah, right. So people awesome. people so don't even I mean. know. People don't even know that um the state has more or state government has more powerful than the federal. Correct. People do not know that nowadays. Yeah, correct. The states create the federal government, not the other way around. Yes. So I think that's about it. I fall ninety five percent with Avery that there's very little hope. But if we're gonna throw one last hail mary down by two touchdowns late in the fourth quarter, it some really John is, Elway shit, baby. Yeah, yeah, some John Elway. It is finding like minded people, and they do exist in the local governments. Right. You know there. You know there's corruption locally, but at least you can look it in the eye and have a chance to get rid of it. But there's also some awesome people that serve at a, a local level. That's about your that's that's my position. That's about your only shot is a national divorce. And then we look at, well, what does that look like? I don't think in our lifetimes you'll redraw states. I think California will still be California. Yeah. You know, Massachusetts will still be Massachusetts. So, you know, so what do you do about, you know, so let's say we do divorce, you know, and it's, you know, these blue states are around the corners you know around the borders primarily california new york there's not there's a lot more of us than there are of them that's why it's ridiculous to think that 84 million people voted for biden you can't even really find i can't you can't find 10 liberals to rub together let alone <laughs> million. Um, well, and they were throwing figures around saying that <laughs> it was like 80 million people voted for biden which is more people that voted in the like main election for obama it's like that doesn't even make any sense. Where'd you yeah. find all these votes? Because because yeah. Obama was quite popular, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, in the in the in the big popcorn celebrity scheme of things, yeah. especially you know compared to Biden. So then you know those are the considerations. We just have honest conversation. This is what we do for our currency. Guess what? It's gold and silver and intrinsic metal bat based. No more fiat currency. Which this is what be. our con we just leave our constitution alone, and but we actually 
act in accord with the fact that it codifies God-given rights and we love families and we leave people the hell alone. And then what do you do about these um, socialist states, you know, in this national divorce, you know, what do you do militarily? And then they are going to starve and die and they are still our American brothers and sisters. So what are you going to do about, what are you going to do for them? Socialism has never worked. They create nothing. They only redistribute what already exists and no socialist regime has ever, and I'm using the word socialism, it's a vehicle for communism or fascism or Nazism or any form of collectivism. Yeah, It's never worked without American foreign aid. And that's the great irony of all. <laughs> socialism is a rich man's experiment of keeping the poor poor by convincing the poor that the middle class are rich and then empowering the rich to steal from the middle class. It never works. So they will die in a generation, especially if they can't reproduce because their plumbing doesn't allow for reproduction. Because all their doctors convinced them when they were 13 to mutilate yeah. their genitals. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what they're, they are, and I'm saying this respectfully as a term, I know some will be listening. They are really useful pawns or useful idiots. idiots in a scheme that is a death cult that hates humanity and wants to wipe them out so if they're going to exist and collect in these states what are we going to do with these people we still love them we still love our neighbors so there's so many challenges with it but but i do i think it's time to be very intentional and say i cannot i can no longer live next to someone intentionally coming for my children and my bank account my freedom to worship or not worship. That's the um, other big thing. I, did you guys see recently the kid that got arrested at the park for reading his Bible out loud? Yes. I've seen plenty of those, but I'm not, I'm, I'm sure I've it seen was, the one you're referring to. It was yeah. Very recent in the last week. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I'm not even, I, I don't claim any faith. I, I have a lot of respect for the faiths, but yeah. I cannot believe that kind of infringement on yeah. his right to, that that's like part of it's written in the first amendment you're allowed to preach yes you're allowed to preach to people yeah it's part yeah. of it especially compared to what they're already allowing to happen oh um, i know and again yeah. again we would fight for the right for the others you know and there's not yeah. sides but those with a different worldview to preach at us yeah i'll you fight can, for their right to do it yeah, yeah me too you can offend me i'll take in the information in the course of debate break yeah. it down try to make a decision and maybe i'm wrong and i change my mind how's that ever going to happen if, if thoughts are censored and controlled well right. stop police and quickly it gets orwellian it turns it's into so 1984 orwellian. so fast yeah they're <laughs> editing things and you know they're in your brain catching your thought before it even happens so as we think about what, and Avery and I, do, I have all these lists. What do you actually do? Do you do you try to, you know, we all have families to feed and um, living to make, but in this cause that you guys are participating in, do you go and try to find, you know, help people reverse the jab? Um, do you fight the Federal Reserve and try, you know, the most important thing and why I get a, a little bit concerned about like, Marge Taylor Green and some of these solid, more solid constitutional Republicans. They're so focused on the Biden crime family. Look, we know they're a crime family. Yeah. Right. So the Cheneys. So were the Bushes. So were the Clintons. Are you doing anything so that when my 23 year old son goes to buy a gallon of milk, that it's not you know, that it's back to a dollar and a quarter instead of $4. I know it's ridiculous. So it does seem like a kangaroo court distraction. I'm not saying, you know, some conspiracy, you know, truthers like ourselves proudly, we get so factionalized and mad at each other. I'm not saying that they're in on it, but some of these otherwise patriotic Republicans seems like they're just participating in the theater again. They just feed into it. Not taking on getting rid of the FBI, the federal reserve or doing anything that impacts a young person or a middle-class person's wallet um, that they should be doing. So they just say all the right things. They say all the things you want to hear and you're like, Oh, that's a good guy. Sure. And then they don't end up that's but that's like a politician for me that's not a surprise i hear yeah. that and i'm like oh yeah a politician yeah. representative gates i saw a snip he was at a hearing and he was in favor of defunding entirely the atf and the federal government has should have nothing to do with alcohol tobacco or firearms the whole the whole the whole the three letters are insulting it's like you have no place in any of that 
So we had one Republican congressman trying to defund and get rid of this unconstitutional agency. And at the hearings, every other Republican, now you know they would campaign to you and I saying they want to get rid of these huge, massive, unconstitutional federal bureaucracy and agencies. Every head went down when a liberal Democrat, I don't recall the gentleman's name, at least he had he had the courage of his wrong convictions to say that he wanted to see that federal organ federal institution not or department not only continue but receive an increase in funding he polled the republicans to see who else agreed with gates that it should be defunded not one stood with him yet huh. they will go poll it they'll all go they will all definitely lobby and campaign under the premise of getting rid of 10th Amendment, all of these agencies that are not anywhere authorized in the Constitution of the United States. So oh, the, the theater just goes on. You got one or two heroes like pushing a pushing a, a boulder with a plastic spoon. Yes. Yes. Who is that? Is that her, her Matt right? Gates? No, the, the yes. Greek mythology where he pushes oh, the Prometheus. Stone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it yeah, keeps Prometheus. rolling back over him. That's what the heroes yeah. are doing. But just yeah. when you think you're about to get to the top, it rolls back over and the day starts over again and you got to yep. keep fighting. Uh, yeah. So, yep. man, it's, Hell yeah. it's frustrating because this, this seems like something people have known. This was like what my, you know, woke people that in my childhood were telling me, they're like, Hey, don't trust these politicians. They're going to shake your right hand and steal your money with their left hand. It's one yeah. of those kind of things. Like they're always doing a little illusion on you. So just be always. aware. And I don't know. I just get weary when anybody is professed to be too much of a hero. Cause then people like RFK who by any, like anything that he says, I should be on his side. He says all the right shit. Yeah. But my spider senses are tingling. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. We've talked about him a bunch. Yeah. It's definitely he, weird. His, I, his book just rolled in, in the mail about Fauci. I haven't cracked mm -hmm. the cover of it yet. Yeah, we just don't know. If you, sometimes you do have to trust those spidey senses. Like, is he part of the part of the theater, controlled opposition, just yeah. a mouthpiece, a gatekeeper? We are always have this skepticism about anyone in power, and it's healthy. So yeah. That's what the founders want out of that's us. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah we're probably <laughs> yeah. doing them well. They're like, oh, thank yeah. God. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> well, you always worry that that's going to like that distrust is going to keep you from letting a good thing happen. I agree. Yeah. There's a balance in there somewhere for sure. You have yeah. to, it's just discernment. That's what it comes down to. And that's not easy. And then you have to be open and being like, oh yeah, I was wrong about that person and go back to the drawing board because right. you, you will get fooled by people for sure. Yeah. And in these cases, I think more often than not, it's like you realize you were wrong because the lies come out and you're like, oh, I was lied to. It's not that your morals were off. You were right. reacting to all the right things that they were saying. They were right yep. aligned with your morals and they lied to you. Yeah, yep. they snowed you. That's, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, strike number two, probably incoming on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that out there. Um, Want to get to the big pinata? Sure. So um, we are episode 17 or 18, I believe. We talked about um, how we believe that Doja Cat is undergoing the Scarlet Witch ritual. Mm -hmm. And there's been many in history. But, of course, within talking about that, um, the big old Aleister Crowley, Crowley, whatever, comes in to talk. And me and Cameron kind of went a little back and forth on it, what we think. He's obviously a huge huge proponent of dark magic and all kinds of things in modern day culture so many bad musicians not bad but evil musicians <laughs> um attribute him to lots and lots of inspiration and stuff like that so anyways like 20 minutes after that episode went up my dad texted me and was like please get me on i want to talk about curly hell yeah oh so here we are so i just want to yeah. kind of segue just, into whatever you want to tell could us do like 10 episodes on that subject and you you all did a great job of hitting some highlights but um i i do think that particular you know man or whatever he is <laughs> does have some connection to the present time so i think he's a beast I, yeah <laughs> that's what his mama called him and he right. his name and he appropriated it for the rest of yeah, his life he embraced so, that shit 
Yeah. So there's so many different avenues we can take from his, he's such a multifaceted character from his time as a double agent working for the British secret intelligence. Oh, it's some, it's such a cool thing. It was, was it MI6 back then? Is that what it was called? MI6. Yeah. So cool. Serious James Bond. He was a fucking spy, bro. A dark arts occultist spy. Yeah. Sex magic. Come on now. Correct. So, but I want to touch on, and I know we're going to rabbit trail, but I want to try to help the listener connect a little bit to what does it matter for today in the big scheme of things? Um, You know, because a lot of the recent episodes, you're talking about hermeneutical, you know, hermeneutical principles, Mm -hmm. um, Madame Blavatsky, all these things are like really important geopolitical geotheological big 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 picture things yeah. you know and it's 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 good to sometimes just you know try if we can to kind of connect some dots about it um so if i may i'm i'm kind of going to open with um are you all familiar with general albert pike um i was after your posts you made a post about it on facebook and, and oh, i yeah. immediately jumped on cuz i did an incredible amount of research about Alistair Crowley after Avery told me that you wanted to do an episode. I probably listened to like 20 hours worth of podcast episodes about like deep (laughs) dives on ridiculous amounts of research, a bunch of like Wikipedia time. Right. Um, And not just Wikipedia. I just use that as like the buzzword. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, But I never heard anything about Albert Pike. And I was like, it just like a little light went off in the back of my head. I was like, wow, there's more. There's never ending. There's never (laughs) more. Yeah. So, Al, so Albert Pike to to at a high brush. So he is the chief. He's the most important Scottish right Freemason to Freemasons. He lived. I think he passed away in the eighteen ninety. It was ninety one. Yeah, I, I have a note. Nineteen oh one. Eighteen into nineteen oh one. So he collated all of the degree work. So in Freemasonry, you have the Blue Lodge, the first three degrees, mm-hmm. and then a Mason can go off into the York Rite, and the York Rite has more Christian nomenclature in their ritual, and the Scottish Rite is very pagan. There's no, there's no way around it. it the The rituals are more Egyptian leaning, um, oh, and or just overtly, you know, p- pagan esque in their in their in their leaning. So. Pike um, Pike wrote a lot of literature, but he wrote uh, Morals and Dogma. And that's really, if you were to use an equivalent, kind of a Bible or the, the, the field guide to Freemasonry for the Scottish Rite. <clears throat> um, so he's a, he's a critical player from, from a Freemasonry standpoint. And, and he's the one that definitely does just kind of come out and say it. Now, when I read Morals and Dogma, I was married to Avery's mom and we I had to go buy that book from a book dealer in a in a alley <laughs> because you couldn't get that information. Now, you know, it's kind of one of those long-haired guys who's against everything. So he definitely wouldn't agree with me, but he's just a contrarian, just a opposed it. So he's like, yeah, I'll get you, I'll get you that arcane used book. It was very expensive. We didn't have a lot of money. And oh my gosh, now you can just get that stuff that's all over the internet. So there are some good things with the the World Wide Web for sure. But you know, it's like a big library. There's going to be good and bad. It's a right. media. Um, but you know, in that book, it really does you know, it that really does explain for, especially for those who ascend to like the 32nd or 33rd degree that th- their God on top of the umbrella is definitely Lucifer. Mm-hmm. If you'd be hard pressed to make an argument against the Luciferian ism um, replete in Scottish right Freemasonry. Again, for the listener, I'm not accusing your uncle Joe Bob, who's been a Freemason for a hundred years, stuck at the third degree that he worships the devil, but right. he should he should be accountable to research the things that he gives his time, talent, or treasure, the three T's to. <clears throat> but anyhow, so you got you have Albert Pike. The myth goes that in 1871, Albert Pike, who's this major Illuminati figure, sends Giuseppe Mazzini, who's the founder of the modern iteration of the mob, the mafia, this letter that sketches out three world wars that the Illuminati have planned to bring about the end of days. Are you, are you all familiar with this letter? Yes. Yes. And I want to be careful with our time and not just sit and read it. So I will, I may just cherry pick it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
the internal evidences of this letter prove that it was not written by Albert Pike. Um, and I'll try, I'll get to that in a moment. It, the earliest it was ever seen was by a historian named William Guy Carr. He saw it in hanging uh, in his testimony or his, he states, asserts, he saw it in the British Museum in the 1950s. They acknowledged it existed. Then it mi mysteriously disappeared from the archives. There's two or three different sources that say, yes, it existed, but probably not as early as Pike. So I'm going to lay this out. I'm going to tie it to, well, how does Aleister Crowley impact today? So, and I'll try to cherry pick. So the contents of the letter pertaining to the First World War, so that's 1914. The First World War must be brought about in order to, to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia and of making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The divergences caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the British and the Germanic empires, so that's a huge Crowley factor, will be yeah. used to foment this war. Now remember, Crowley was an agent exactly at that time. At the end of the war, communism will be built and used in order to destroy the other governments and in order to weaken the, the, the religions. So those that believe that Pike wrote that in 1871, that would make it extremely prophetic. Even if it was written later, it's looking back on, on their game plan and exactly specifically what was carried out in World War I. To great detail, which is interesting. To great detail. Yeah. And then um, just a comment on the czars and on Russia. <clears throat> um, they literally are used as pawns the nicest people in the world are the slovakian people be they ukrainian lithuania romania russian um so the founding king arthur like hero of the in the slovakian um or the slavic not slovakian slovakia is a country slavic i'm sorry slovak slavic nations was this king called kiev rus uh, just like the capital of Ukraine is Kiev. Yeah. And he lived, he was a little bit later than Arthur by three or 400 years, but he's an Arthurian-like founding king hero. So the capital of that entire region, like Ukraine came first before what we now know, know, know as Russia. So downstream and through a few twists and turns, his ancestors were the czars. And the czars um, were hated by the Rothschilds because they refused to allow the Rothschilds to issue and control their currency. And Rothschild made a threat and curse upon the czars to wipe, not only wipe them off the face of the earth, but to, you know, curse the lineage and every, every born Ukrainian, Russian, like I said, you know, Slovakian uh, person ever to be there born afterwards. So you have this hatred for the Slovaks as a big block, as an ethnos that is just, and they're used to this day. And, and I mean, does that not ring true uh, here in 2023? So decided to take that little rabbit trail, but literally, you know, they're wonderful people, absolutely just used as pawns right now to kill each other in a proxy war for the United States to bring about World War III. But uh, that's another little rabbit trail from this. Which letter. will be the last right. one, by the way, according to the letter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so on to the Second World War. The Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. This war must be brought about so that Nazism is destroyed. So here's the whole Illuminati technique of raising up a boogeyman as a pretext to go destroy the boogeyman. Yeah. And the political and that political Zionism be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel and Palestine. During the Second World War, international communism must become strong enough in order to balance Christendom, which would then be restrained and held in check until the time we would need it for the final social cataclysm. So here's how you know Pike didn't write the letter. 
terms like Nazism didn't exist. Yeah, it didn't exist. So, you know, Nazism, of course, being, you know, Nazism means nationalist socialism, which is also yeah. for all the leftists that want to call everyone they disagree with a Nazi. It's, it's like, like you're a- more of a Nazi than I am. You yeah. He's your Google. guy. <laughs> yeah. let's think about hitler gun control national control of education national control of health care hmm who's hitler (laughs) yeah thought and speech censorship censorship yeah all of it yeah so but i digress (laughs) And and then the third world war but again this letter did exist uh absolutely contemporary to world war ii and it's at least an elitist commentary on uh, what they have done, if it's not a prophecy of what they are going to do. At least it's still, you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's an incredible document that gives you insight into the way they think. Right. Um, the Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the Zionists and the leader of the Islamic world. The war must be concluded in such a way that Islam and political Zionism, so that's really... Um, you know, neoconservatism, American politics is really Israel, Great Britain, and America representing this Zionism type concept. Um, yeah. We'll be more, more divided on this issue. We'll be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economic exhaustion. I'm going to pause there. That's exactly what happened in history, where our world was so fed up by the end of Bush Cheney perpetual wars, the perpetual war on terror to bring about this Pax Americana, American led new world order that they could not get away with doing another, another war. And that's really what set the, really set the stage for more of the, the, the health scare pandemic type of crisis. Yeah. Um, So that point about physical, moral, spiritual and economic exhaustion is is absolutely true they really couldn't pull another war game at that at that time so here comes klaus schwab here it comes we shall then unleash the nihilists and the atheists and, and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism which is the origin of savagery and of the most bloody turmoil. Then everywhere, the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization. See how they want a revolution? And the multitude disillusioned with Christianity, whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer. So put so my my uh, finally out in the public view. Go ahead. My, no, uh, yeah. So my interpretation is they're two for two on that. And so the third one is basically a spiritual warfare then. Yeah. So, okay, here's so and wanna... that's what we're experiencing, which is kind of scary. So, yeah. Go ahead. Here's where I want <laughs> to introduce our the our friend mr crowley back into this yeah yeah you can't just announce so crowley is the he is the father of the new age movement yep and the you counterculture movement in america yeah, yeah and you can't just wave a wand and do that overnight so that oh they call it the great work they have a lot of different na- work terms for it um <clears throat> crowley did the foundational work so that when the Christian Christendom, as this letter, whether it's it's probably it's not Pike, um, whomever wrote it, um, Christendom is emasculated, empty. It's a lot of rules and no relationship. The church as an institution is dying. Um, the but the em- abject emptiness of this atheistic communism being unleashed on us is going to create this vacuum and behind in the shadows these powerful characters like crowley a hundred years ago have set the stage for when all that crumbles to just bring this antichrist you know this demonic kind of structure in place um as a substitute for two systems that are going to be clash destroy each other and be equally rejected 
Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. We know what I my my worldview. I'm slowly getting the pictures. I think it's Molochians versus Luciferians at the top. The people that have the control of this planet. It's these people that worship Moloch, and it's these child sacrificing. It's like this evil crime family, and then this evil crime family. Totally. And these it Luciferians. Is. It's it's terrifying because we're caught up in their fucking spiritual war of bullshit. <laughs> Yes. And we're just trying to be good, wholesome Christians, goddammit. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah, so I think – so diving in – so take – just think about today with the – at least in the 90s, the green movement had a spiritual component to it of Gaia, Mother Earth, rather harmless hippies worshiping the dirt and that was their political motivation by the way freedom or what this stupid word capitalism free market um uh free market economies take care of the environment better than anyone if my job to feed my kids is to uh, harvest trees i'm going to take great care of trees i'm going to right. i'm going to i'm going to plant more than i uproot um, you want to go look at nations that are horrible to the environment, go look at China, communist nation. Yep. So they're they're so the, the Klaus Schwab, Great Reset, Green New Deal, just step back and look at the vibe of it. There's nothing spiritual about it. It's atheist. They're just telling you that you have too much of a carbon carbon footprint. You're consuming too much as an economic unit. While so they take to, private planes back and forth yeah, to each other to yeah, suck each other off. So they have for us to sustain and live on as slaves. We have to accept less slavery and have less resources. It's not really anymore about Mother Earth. Just notice. I know Klaus Schwab dresses in like kind of like futuristic garb or or sort of religious regalia but there's nothing spiritual it's all mark it's all materialistic marxism or yeah. or tech or transhumanist i was just gonna say god. they do have they're a religion the they're the god <laughs> they're yeah. the god yeah. but there's no there's no druids petting the bunnies doing shrooms running through the tulips <laughs> they could so, use some fucking shrooms i'll tell you that much <laughs> you know some of my closest friends over the years are pagans and they actually agree with me on every single issue we disagree on who jesus is yeah uh, we debate that and we hug each other and we agree to have a beer and talk about it again the next time but yeah, they're not that. all this com this communist shit yeah yet yeah. they get sort of lumped into it so um so you, this stage is set identically um, in absolute specific accord. And the father of the new age movement, so Crowley in his, and we're, let's talk about what he believed and try to at least skim the surface. I know we're yes. going to in time quickly, but so Crowley almost believes like we do. And okay, that's a hard statement I just made because this guy's fucking evil to the yeah. ultimate so I want to talk is he about evil or is he without morals? Because I've been going back and forth with yeah. this. Do you think he was innately actively trying to be an evil force on the planet? Or do you think he was just acting outside of the moral boundaries that were set on him by what he believes to be the truest evil, which is Christianity? Yeah, I mean, I think he was definitely in Congress contacting entities that were helping to, to bring about this age of this aeon of Horus and this right new world order so yes. to that extent i mean i think you know that 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 will bring about worldwide you know tyranny upon mankind so i agree that it's a complicated certainly complicated question but yeah. Crowley's laws of thelema which basically says you i'm going to put it in a way some people don't usually put it a person does exactly what they want to do that's what he codified so he's right. not, he's not fatalistic. He would have nothing to do with modern liberalism or or Great Reset or Schwab or Bill Gates because they're Marxists. They think your actions are determined by your gender, your race, your socioeconomics. You know what is cross intersectionalism is you you keep finding groups to be to find your outrage and what drives and defines you. Crowley says the individual will is the height of all definition. And to that, we would, you know, 
other, we would think that God is, is the greatest right. thing. Which it's blasphemous I would definitely, to a I would definitely agree with him that radical individual responsibility and your will is just taking the truth. It's taking a clean glass of water and putting just a little bit of poison in it. Um, we'll, I'll talk about that about that a little bit more in a second. But um, he he basically says in his view, if you're a janitor at age 52, you are doing exactly, specifically, precisely what your will wanted to do as evidenced by all the micro decisions that you made and chose to make up into the point of being a janitor at age 52. Right. So he, he says the highest form of experiencing life is figuring out the purpose of your will and then letting nothing stand in the way, any moral construct, right religious construct, family construct, get in the way of achieving that will. So parts of it, um, in terms of the radical, you own your shit concept of it, absolutely align with what we believe in. The law of Thelema um, absolutely contains, contains a lot of truth to it. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So I completely agree. Yeah. So he was convalescing with his wife, Rose, and uh, in the his pyramid. poor wife, Rose. <laughs> yeah. When an entity calling itself IWAS appeared and through auto writing really gave um, uh, Crowley, you know, what he calls the book of the law. Mm -hmm. And it's encapsulated in this statement, do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Yeah. Now, before he was able to meet with Iwas, he had to actually con um, conjure and conquer summons a demon called Kronzen. Kronzen? Yeah, who did he do that with? He had a magician friend. Uh, by the name of Mathers. Yes. Sam Mathers. And he, um, so this demon whose mystical number is 333, representing half of or some of the aspects of, of Satan, including removing from men their ability to speak in the language of heaven. So it gets into lots of uh, Hebrew and Babylonian and Egyptian lore. And again, you could do 30 episodes on this stuff. Yeah. That's why I was thinking, Avery, when you all have these dry spells, you can just take one of these little morsels and chew on it for an hour. That's yeah. a great point. So, I so would many, love that. There's so, many, there's so many of them. But before he can meet this, basically it's like this. He had to cross the abyss because um, I think it's Kronzen is the angel of the abyss before he could yep. then successfully receive the law for the new age, which is do as thou wilt. Um, here's what's interesting about Crowley. Not quick sidetrack on this he so do as thou wilt is the whole of the law but he was disgusted by people that had addictions so you when anytime you invent your own method of morality sometimes it's going to fall on the weight of its own hypocrisy right. he actually um broke up with his second wife because she was an alcoholic so think about oh. think about that yeah that's weird <laughs> my will is to drink a thousand bottles gallons of vodka per day i'm fulfilling the law of Thelema. Yeah. and if so, i remember right if i'm remembering correctly it was after the death of his daughter that his wife started drinking so heavily right so there's tragedy resulting yeah. in, in in loss so he if nothing else he's he the reason he's so popular is because he led a amazing fascinating life um and we can't even touch on all of it he was it probably today. the first rock star you know like what we think of yeah. like you hear yeah. like stories of motley crew he was the yeah. first motley crew huh a absolutely <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah and so 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 crowley um you know so he he's uh, issuing out this do as thou wilt is the whole of the law and it's actually super close to what I would say is the truth. So that's where I wanted to talk about. So using the technique of inversion is when you tell something opposite of the truth to teach truth. Like you could teach biblical Christianity through the medium of teaching about vampirism. So if you think about a vampire, if I'm, if I'm a vampire and I bite fang you and make you a vampire, and give you a blood transfusion did you have to get baptized to become a vampire be a good person walk a certain way go to church pay tithes no you just received a free gift 
Yeah. And your eternal life was in the transfer of that blood. So you can teach Christian, you can teach through inversion, but the Bible says <laughs> not to be it's a unique metaphor, but I love it. it yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, the Bible says don't to really not do that very often. At least Bible says when it comes to evil, keep it simple. When it comes to good, that's when you should be meat eating. Basically, you should study the real dollar to know the counterfeit dollar. You shouldn't spend mm. your time studying the counterfeit dollar. If you study the truth, the counterfeit dollar will just manifest. It's lies will just manifest itself to you. I love that. Yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. analogy. Yeah. But in any community, there are a few garbage men. I do believe people, some people are uniquely gifted to go study that stuff, but they need to do it in the right measures. And it should not be, you shouldn't have everybody sitting around studying the occult all day. It no. opens doors. It's dangerous. It's like a drug. That's what I was going to say. Crowley is the first to experiment with and write extensively about the connections between spiritualism and psychoactive drugs. And he concluded and Yates and some of his contemporaries, because you have to keep in mind, you have all these elite people who, you know, Crowley got a big inheritance. He didn't have to work. So he oh, had he was a Nepo baby idol. for sure. Yeah, he was idle, right? To go do all this, a lot of this stuff. You know, they they thought he was so extreme because they wanted to do it the longer way through meditation, through incantation, things he did, all those things too. But he saw that the magic was real, but that the drug was a gateway to yeah. facilitate or to make or to intensify what was real. So that so that's a whole other amazing little stream you can go down. Yeah. But um, considering this idea, so that's inversion, using the opposite of truth to teach truth. That's like Orwell's animal farm is inversion, right? Yep. It's this whole socialist dystopia that teaches for free market ideas. Um, so perversion is when you take the truth and you just bend it a little bit. So I'm going to give you three three one truth two lies and a truth and you can see how brilliant crowley was and how just a little bit of a change um you know what what impact a little bit of a change is so the witches read and the funny thing is is gardener the uh, father of modern day gardnerian witchcraft hated crowley because crowley wrote all of their degree work and then exposed it as a bunch of silly nonsense so you have witches, Mormons, Masons, they're all doing the same thing with aprons, key grips, secret words, worshiping the seasons. It's all the same stuff. And yeah. Crowley, the guy that broke, he like is the archivist and author of tons of it. But the witches read is add harm to none, do as thou wilt. So huh. you don't harm anybody, do, then that sounds pretty good. But removed from God or some sort of a Judeo-Christian worldview, who, what objective source defines harm? Right, exactly. <laughs> so that so it sounds good. It's popcorn to my ears, but I think that one, if you put it to the test, has it some can be flaws. bent. Exactly. Who decides what is harm? Who decides? So Crowley yeah. goes all the way with it. Do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. So there's your two points of data. Here's the Apostle Paul teaching truth for the, the dispensation of grace, the time we're living in right now. All things are lawful unto me. Probably didn't hear that one in church. All, all things. How many things? All things are lawful unto me, but not all things glorify. All mm. things are lawful to me, but not all things edify. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient, which in the King's English means practical. All things, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So the truth is almost exactly what the witches and Crowley says. You can go bash a baby seal over the head with a club. Technically, you can do whatever the hell you want, but you ought not to because it doesn't glorify God. It doesn't edify your brothers or your sisters or your parents. And doing certain things brings you into slavery under those things. Mm, wow. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So, 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 it, so I think the height of Satanism is really not a monster that jumps out and says boo and is overtly frightening and terrifying. Although I'm sure that's can certainly be part of it. It's taking the truth and just going like this click 
Yep. Yep. One little click over. Yep. So all things are lawful to me. Do it. So do what thou wilt, but don't be a slave to something and don't do things that don't glorify God. Wow. <laughs> Which is beautiful. So, that's how everybody so, should live. That's how yeah. everybody should live. And then kind of the end result of some of Crowley's work, you know, he had all these abbeys and castles and hamlets. He had one in Sicily, the Abbey of Thelema. Everyone started taking his do as thou wilt as the whole of the law to, to the ultimate logical um, extension. Toilets weren't getting cleaned. People weren't getting fed. It was nasty, vile, rape, defecation. Yeah. So because he's his his uh, ideology also is not lining up with the reality of our fallen human nature. Do as you wilt as the whole of the law sounds good on paper till you're around some lazy motherfuckers who would rather stab you than help you go pick some onions for dinner right. tonight. So, um, so he would have nothing to do with this modern socialism, predeterminism, everyone's a victim. He's radically the opposite, but his answer when all this falls down apart is you know the prince of darkness instead of the lord <laughs> so yeah, right fascinating i'll kind of end there because i know we're up on time but it's it's tremendously complex and just such an interesting subject i thought we better dive into it a little bit more oh hell yeah yes. Yes. and uh i think it's just kind of uh, uh um obvious that we should just do a part two I think so. I think, uh, God, we could have like a 10 parter on this. There's yeah. so much we could talk about early life. I feel like that was so much education much on this dude. background and just laying the foundation that we haven't even gotten really into him yet. So maybe yeah. we should just, just do a part two. out of England for a good, chunk, a good portion of his life. Yeah. Uh, we didn't oh, even yeah. talk about him being in Scotland right next to, um, yeah, right next Ness. to Nessie and yeah. doing this, this like ancient, solomonic ritual that like yeah. that he didn't finish which is we'll get into it eventually yes yeah sure. it's compelling about how that plays into all the evil things that happen in his life and then from his legacy i think it all could be tied back to him not closing this ritual off properly yeah i, th I think very that's very possibly very true he also was plagued by the fact that he ignored iwas's further instructions he to just set the book to the side Dead to the side, didn't follow, really didn't follow up on it. I think he had one more encounter with him, I believe. But um, yeah, just he didn't, he was not interested really in carrying out the work of Iwas, well, which is also very interesting. I think what he took that down as, because I was the one that told him, do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law. And I think he took that a step further and was like, well, this isn't my will. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing Lazy it. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> So oh. it's crazy. I mean, do as thou wilt is a hell of a lot better than what we're living under the tyranny today. But it's an interesting thing to just say, well, you have to really tease out these ideas because they're low. Sometimes they're loaded and have consequences. And sometimes there's a do what you want to comma. But what on the other side of every liberty is a responsibility to your kids, to your family, right. <laughs> you know, it, and it's all that all is all encapsulated in the Ten Commandments, which is not religious or churchy at all. You know, you have the freedom to speak, comma, don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> you have the freedom to own property, don't steal. You know, yeah. the freedom to go marry some hot wife, don't cover your neighbor's wife. So, right. um, yeah, just those basic, you know, those principles to, to operate a society are not you go be a Baptist or a Methodist or Presbyterian or that religious bullshit, but God has nothing, really nothing to do with organized religion. Godly wow. principles definitely afford man the, the, the best chance at a, for a free society for sure. Yeah. Totally. And this might be controversial, but I would argue that a church is one of the last places you're going to find God. Yeah. The modern churchianity, no doubt. Yeah. I've always been that way. Yeah. yeah, I've always been that way. Yeah, I mean, the word church is just means called out assembly. Yeah, ecclesia. So, any you know, the there are a lot of fellowships that get together, open their Bibles, have a cup of coffee, and dive into the issues just like we do. Yeah, and yeah. God is definitely there, but He's not in the formalism, institutionalism, or man-made doctrinal chains that you see um, in the church for sure. Right. You know, the God of this world, little G, G who is the devil, 
is kind of running all that stuff. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, so, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love I love um scripture that says the body is the church. That's one of my favorite things ever. Yes. Amen. So um yeah. Well before we actually officially wrap up, I definitely want to throw out there that we are in the works of a brand new idea. Um it'll be an extension of Live from the Ley Line, but it will not be on this channel. Um but we're gonna make an extension to it and the idea is my dad, he has written several books on Arthurian lore, whether you believe that it's fact or fiction. It's we fact, believe it's fact. By the way. Yes. Um, he's, written, believe. he's written a, <laughs> an entire book on uh, the vampiric styles of, uh, how would you say it, dad? Women? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's about, it's about psychic vampirism and it's kind of a help guide for men dealing with that, but also, <laughs> also being Thanks. like, also enacting some of the law of Thelma, like, Hey, you still own your own. You still, your will is still what you're on the hook for. Thank you. So, um, uh, so how it's going to work, it's kind of a new idea. It's basically a audio book. It's a chapter at a time. They're going to come out weekly and the way it's going to work, here's the twist. He's going to read it. And then me and Cameron are going to go through and basically do a read and review. Yeah. So he may tell a chapter that's about Nephilim, uh, walking through the city. And we'll oh. be like, so what? Uh, we'll go back and we'll be like, so what did you mean by this was his, you know, sword and blah blah blah. It's yeah, gonna be a read and review, kind of a different twist. I don't see many people doing that. So Me neither. Um, yeah, just so to I, announce I, I, that's in the so works. I, I read Avery that your generation only twelve percent um, actively read every day. 30 or 40 years ago, that was 70%. That's okay. That's not to knock anything. It just means, um, but you, you consume knowledge just as well or better than we who are older do. You just do it in different forms of media. Right. So I, I agree. I think it's something new, unique where you're still getting the content of the book, but the unique thing is you're getting the authors and we can do the reader review or even try kind of almost live. You two are such good interviewers. You could say, now, Zane, you, you said, or we, you know, you really struggled to write chapter 14. It was hard for you to get that content out. What were you thinking when you wrote that? Exactly. Yeah. That's not, not out there, but th so that, you know, if it, my, an average book is about, let's say 25 chapters. So 25, 30 minute, you know, a chapter is about five pages, you know, of reading. It's maybe 15 to 20 minutes with some garnish, but yeah, yeah you Basically, you all would become maybe publicists or a platform. I think you'd have to figure out the definition. But it's like, yeah, this is our book. It's 25 short episodes, and you're going to get the whole book plus the the actual author's emotion and experience and kind of yes. how they're able to get it out into the yeah. room. So totally, think, yeah. So I just wanted to give that heads up to our listeners if you're interested. And I know you already have a pretty good following for your books through your friends and family and you're you pretty much have a Facebook community, Dad. If you didn't know, but um, I'm That's sure awesome. they'll be very interested in that as well. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think there's something there. I think you two are very natural interviewers. It doesn't have to be oh. um, conspiracy, politics, theology. It doesn't have to be the cool stuff we're into. I feel like you could get somebody that was writing a book about underwater basket weaving, and they want to get their book out there, and you're like, okay. We're going to 14 chapters. That's 14, 30 minute shows. Here's how we lay it out. Yeah. And then they go on Amazon and somebody can buy a, the canned version of hardback, paperback, audio, you know, audio book or click whatever cool thing we call this. And it's yeah. We're going to have to come up with something cool. We will. Yeah. So let's be thinking about that, but yeah, that's how really awesome stuff is born. So I think we should cut our teeth on it and do it fast and get it going. I love it. I think I we should it. call it a read cast personally. I don't know if that's already a thing, but yeah. Go, yeah. Do a lot of internet research and you know, the, uh, yeah, I trust whatever you guys come up with there. But yeah. Yeah. Read cast sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, Any finishers, great. any finishers, anybody? No, I'll um, let you guys close her out. Any oh, last green awesome. tea shots or I guess you close <laughs> with the beer, huh? I'm just, yeah. doing, I'm just going straight proper today. Oh, proper. Yeah. I, I have, I have uh boxing in about, two hours and 30 minutes i gotta keep real light yeah today. yeah yeah makes so. sense makes sense well well it's awesome to hear you're still boxing you gotta stay fresh and fit in case the fucking uh communists try and take over 
Yep. You, you really do. You really do. <laughs> uh, good luck in playoffs, Cam. When you hey, get thank your you. Mid, yeah, good luck, Cam. When you get your mid-40s, it's imperative that you continue to do some sort of exercise until you fall over. So yeah. if yeah. you don't lose it, you or if Jesus Christ, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. All right, guys. Oh, I love it. This was great, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. This was a lot of fun. And I can't wait for part two. Part That's, two coming. Yeah. Absolutely. Avery. Yeah. And you guys get in contact with each other. Let me know when it works out best and we'll run yep. it back. Yep. Uh, folks. All right, guys. This has been a great one. If you guys listen to the end, like always, you're one of God's children. And yep. <laughs> you will be one of the 10,000 led into heaven. Okay. I'll make sure. Of it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, in the meantime, while we're waiting for that, I, you guys need to go and like and subscribe the podcast. You can give us five stars on Spotify. You can say something nice. You can say something mean. Just give us five stars. Okay. I don't care what you say. Five stars make you holler. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Boys, you guys have a great night. Yep. Talk to you later. Love you.